Aloha Namaste. I'm Matt. We are the Yoga Couple. Welcome back to another episode on the Inner Work Podcast. Today's episode is going to be a break from our Inner Work series because we're going to talk about the most intimate thing in our lives. <laughs> the most secretive thing in our lives, I think. Oh, nice. That's a great, that's a good hook. Mm-hmm. I think, I think the reason why this is the most secretive thing is because uh, it's the thing we talk the least about. It's kind of the sure. most mysterious thing about us. And maybe also ironically something we take for granted and maybe think that is obvious, but it's not. Yes. So that's why maybe, yeah, it's secretive and intimate in that we think it's obvious, but it's not. So Yeah, and that is yoga. <laughs> Um, I guess we'll just start off by acknowledging that we're very aware the confusion that people have with our handle and like brand name calling ourselves the yoga couple and never teaching any yoga poses ever on like the mass majority of our social media. Yeah, people would think that you would come to our page and it'd be filled with us doing asana poses and couples poses together and yeah. Instead, it's all like inner work and relationship discussion. Yeah, and we have a very, I think, profound reason for that, which we're excited to talk more about. But this episode, I think the purpose of it is for for you all to just get to know us on a deeper level and to get to know our hearts. And And to hear the foundation of how we live, I think, too. And the foundation of our relationship. Yeah, yeah. And everything that we do, everything. For what it's worth, too, our accounts did start out yoga poses for the first few years. That's so it's, true. It, so we did do that. It's been an evolution. And hopefully throughout this episode, you'll understand why. Yeah. Shout out to anybody who has been with us from back in like 2013, 2014, when we were doing yoga poses on our social media because we thought that that was the cool Hand thing to stand, do. Handstand, scorpion poses, yeah. all these like, yeah. Thanks for being Arm with Arm balances. <laughs> Yeah, we did that. We were there. Okay, so I think the first thing is to address one of the questions we get a lot is how do you guys both do the inner work in your relationship? And how is it that you can get your partner to like care about these things and be self-reflective and want to do the inner work? And I think we take for granted 100% that one of the biggest reasons why I feel we are so successful at doing the inner work together as a couple is because yoga is the foundation of our life as individuals and as a couple and yoga if you're not aware we're going to assume that people who are listening to this maybe have a moderate to surface level understanding of what yoga is the purpose of yoga is to become self-mastered and to live a self-reflective lifestyle. Does that not sound like Mm -hmm. inner work? And in a lot of ways, the premise of our rendition of the inner work is yoga. Yeah. It is a path to becoming self-realized. True freedom and lasting happiness is just another way to say enlightened or jivamukti, Mm -hmm. that you are going to work through your wounds, heal your trauma and yoga it's called samskaras you're gonna address your samskaras Mm -hmm. your your things that you've been carrying with you maybe generationally Mm -hmm. and you're gonna heal and then you're gonna develop resilience and self-discipline and self-mastery and that is mastering your ego Mm -hmm. and then eventually when you go through all these different stages the themes of consciousness Mm -hmm. you arrive at a place of inner peace and liberation and love yeah Mm -hmm. and that's yoga Mm -hmm. and so i think we take for granted that the reason why we're so successful at the inner work as a couple and it it comes so naturally for us to be self-reflective in our relationship is because we were already yogis yes and i think we're doing a disservice to everybody who you know reads the inner work well we have a lot of yoga in the inner work book but maybe on our social media we're doing a disservice by not helping people yeah learn yoga and become yogis because Mm. a yogi the inner work just is natural for you it's your lifestyle it's a lifestyle choice sure sure i think something as you were saying all that too a nuance that i would add is it's also like yoga is a path of 
living in your ultimate potential is I think a way I look at it too. It's like, because if it, as a human enlightenment is your ultimate potential being, and, and then to use inner work terms, being truly free and truly happy within yourself is your ultimate potential. So that's how you just see how synonymous it all is. It's all kind of the same message. And at the foundation of us as individuals, just to build on what Ash was just saying, before we met, we were already obsessed with this shit. We both were like, I want to live my supreme potential and that's what I'm here to do. That's why I know I'm on this planet. That's why I'm a human. It's to learn, to grow, to be my wisest, most loving, compassionate, most mature and evolved self. And then yoga became the vehicle for that for both of us. And I think that's what became the foundation. Literally when we met, we were like already talking uh, about, hey, what's the purpose of life? Because we're checking in with each other's life vision being like, hey, are you here to like strive towards self-mastery and reach your potential too? Because like, that's what I want and I need that in a partner. And this is to continue to build off and validate what Ash was saying. This is one of the biggest things we take for granted because as I've counseled people over the years and especially couples, one of the number one things I always observe is that one person in the relationship does not give a shit about that. And that's always baffling for us to contemplate because like we're trying to admit here, we totally take for granted because we just we're projecting ourselves that everybody wants to do that but then lo and behold every time i'm counseling someone i realize oh shoot this person this partner literally just wants to have a good time or this partner just doesn't really care or this partner's just like content with what their situation is this person's okay being an alcoholic this person's okay being an addict this person's okay looking at porn this person's okay if their relationship is just mediocre and then that really draws to our attention uh whoa we i think maybe need to keep elaborating and breaking down this concept of in order to truly have a profoundly truly free and happy and loving relationship each individual at their core has to have a desire for reaching that place of self-mastery they have to be interested in it or else it never works and that is the number one feedback we get on all our videos and and the number one comment is how do I do this if one partner doesn't want to do it? And our response is always, well, you can't because they if they don't want to, you can't force them to do this. You can't force someone to be self-reflective. <laughs> like so you, they re if they refuse, they'll live in denial their whole life. They'll so never reflect. You need to be a yogi. Yeah, and then you, you need to find a yogi yes. is basically what we're saying. Or and inspire your partner to want to be one. Yeah. And so let's talk about what that means, though, because in your head you might be like thinking okay i need to put my leg behind my head and be meditating all day and like you know chanting or yeah. uh, whatever that you know visual of what a yogi is means to you and i think this is very important to address that uh yoga is an individualistic practice yeah. and it looks differently for every single person but the goal is primarily the same no matter what path of yoga you follow and so I think there's two good things to break down here is that what is the purpose of doing yoga? Like what's why, why practice? And then what does that actually look like in a day-to-day -day life for somebody? Uh, what could it look like for, for each individual? And th maybe that way it will start to be something that you feel like you either already identify with and you're like, yeah. wow, I'm already a yogi. Like I didn't even know <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. And that can bring a sense of uh, maybe a community. If you're somebody that feels very alone on this path of, you know, healing and self-reflective lifestyle and uh, living in a conscious way, it's like, oh, I'm a yogi. Okay. And there is a mm -hmm. whole like path, like outlined for me and a whole community of people mm -hmm. who do this. I've just been looking for my partner in the wrong place. Mm -hmm. Like maybe I need to be around yogis. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, second, secondary, if it's brand new to you, it might give you, it might get you excited to want to start. And I think that sure. that's one of the hopes that we could have for this episode. Mm -hmm. So what do you, Matt, say the purpose of yoga is? Like why, why mm -hmm. yoga? What is mm -hmm. the reason? What's the result? Like why, mm -hmm. why practice yoga or identify as a yogi? What does that mean to you? okay or what are the benefits yeah that's beautiful that's a nice heavy solid question um 
not heavy in a negative way, but heavy in like a uh, profound, that's a nice profound question. Um, so I think for me, the first thing that jumps to mind is why for me it was yoga is I was on a spiritual pursuit. And the thing I love about yoga is that it can be, a, it can be implemented and practiced w- with any religious background. And its goal is to, it's a, a method, it's both a method and a means, but it's also the aim simultaneously because yoga is both a state of being but it's also a practice and a, and a method as well we can kind of keep dissecting that as we keep going but the point is it's a it's a practice to reach your full potential and connect with divinity in whatever religious background you have so that was the first thing that really drew, drew me to it because i was very interested in studying multiple um, religions and seeking truth and wanting to know spiritual truth and yoga really jumped out to me as a a profound place of of the truth and spiritual truth and then what was cool is that it coincides and corroborates all other religious truths as well it actually works seamlessly with them and you start to see how oh man this is like a beautiful path that is really irrefutable and it's not like you're religiously associating yourself necessarily either you could like i said you could be any religious background and implement yoga and it will help you bring you closer to the divine so i i think for me just right off the bat that's what jumped out jumps out to me when you ask that is that i found it as an incredible practical path to be closer to my potential and closer to divinity and understanding that divinity understanding god understanding divine love because what i found with religions is that there wasn't a lot of like implementation. It was just story and theory and contemplation. Whereas yoga gave me a sense of like something I could do to actualize this stuff rather than just hear about it and think about it. I love that. And I want to clarify for anybody who's wondering, you know, oh, I thought yoga was associated with Hinduism. And it can be, and it is, it be, but exactly. it also doesn't have to be. Exactly. And so what's really interesting and could be confusing about um, yoga and Hinduism is the inclusiveness of it. Mm-hmm. And that uh, Hinduism can include yoga as a practice, but yoga also predates Hinduism, which is a whole nother philosophical historical argument. And yoga can also be separate from Hinduism and be a path in and of itself. And so um, when Matt is saying like, you can be any religion and apply yoga, I want to put anybody at ease who doesn't necessarily want to practice Hinduism that you could be, you know, Christian or Islam or uh, Jewish. Jewish or anything. And be a and, yogi. Yeah, and be a <laughs> Jewish yogi. You can be a Christian yogi. And um, exactly. that's a whole other conversation. But sure. yoga doesn't tell you what God is or who God is for you. Yoga just invites you to build that relationship. Build that relationship, exactly. Mm. And so that's I, I love that yeah, about yoga too. too, as somebody who likes to study all the religions. Yeah, and so let's see what else to that to that question. Um, I think also what what it is for me is it gives me a structure and a path that I can lean into to reach that potential. Because otherwise, what I find is when I'm just um, studying to improve myself, it's like there's so much great information out there that is it's kind of like arbitrary though. It's just like beautiful threads of wisdom. Um, that don't really necessarily uh, interconnect. They're just like, oh, that was really insightful. Oh, that was really insightful. Whereas what I feel like with the inner work and with yoga, it gave a sensation of, oh, there's like, this is like a path. There's like, a, there's like things I can work on and actually implement and evolve and mature. And there's like wisdom that I can build upon rather than it just being like random threads of wisdom that I have to somehow try to just assimilate. It actually gave me a sense of, um, progress and a sense of things I can work on. And then I think the biggest thing that, that it really drew my awareness to was relationships. And I think that for me, yoga really embodies the concept of living not only in your own personal potential, but then it also invites me and just uh, people, but invite, it invited me really to have the ultimate relationship because to be in a 
to be a yogi in love is to essentially have a, a divine eternal love with your partner that's how i saw it and so i think for me too like yoga is a path for me to be my wisest most loving self i think that's another thing and then that is heavily obviously um uh what's the word for it heavily um involved in relationship so and i think a lot of people who studied or are aware of yogic paths can often think about yoga as being something where you disown the world or you renounce it like you mm -hmm. are gonna not be materialistic you're gonna not have a partner you're gonna be like kind of like in a monastery and you're gonna be, be an ascetic yeah yeah i thought that too when i first came across it yeah and there are yogic paths and mm -hmm. different degrees of practice that mm -hmm. can that can be an available path and choice mm -hmm. but it's not the only way to practice yoga it all depends it all what's depends. your medicine <laughs> if you're a highly highly attached person then yeah sure maybe that'd be good for you but yeah it, but for a lot of us that's not really the the answer and in a lot of ways that level of practice of renounce it renouncing the world and becoming a monk in a mm -hmm, sense mm -hmm. is either like they, they would say in the yoga tradition like that came after many lifetimes and that's just where sure. someone's consciousness is you know and this is like potentially their last lifetime mm -hmm. or they do this at an older age and you know the final trimester of their life as they're leaving um at an appropriate time where they've already lived a full life but for us we've we practice a path of tantra where it's your everyday person it, it can be a yogi and that it actually yeah. is there's nowhere else to go yeah yeah and the the mundaneness of life is the best place to yeah. be a yogi in a yeah. sense it's yeah. uh in yoga tradition it's called being jiva mukti it's like you're still you you still have your personality like i'm still ash you're still matt we still have all our personality quirks but you also have supreme consciousness simultaneously right. and you remember the truth and you remember god and you live as a free being as you go through the world and you know you might go through stages where you're not a hundred percent supreme consciousness all the time but i think at our level of practice like we taste it all the time like we're in and out of that a lot like there's a lot of moments in our day where we are in full self-awareness and then there's you know some moments where we fall from that and we mm -hmm. lose ourselves and we're again. emotional and wrapped up in an attachment or a trigger <laughs> <laughs> but the point is is we come back we come yeah. back to the practice and exactly. we come back to that full state of awareness and we we have that foundation and the gap gets shorter shorter it's like we don't stay as long in these wounds and these you know lower states of consciousness we yeah. more quickly and more quickly and more quickly come into full awareness and we stay there longer and longer and longer as we practice you know one of the things that i want to make sure and say is jumping out to me too on the topic of of really how much this has impacted my life and especially in the form of relationships on this topic is i think the biggest thing for me that i took from yoga was learning to see my partner as the divine and I think that that concept has helped me the most on this topic of, you know, how come you guys are so, so, so successful at having these conversations and can do all this is because at the end of the day, I feel accountable to you. And if, if you see things in me, I think the huge difference between myself and other couples that I hear about and, and you as well is when we have a consistent reflection to each other we take it very seriously and we're like well look if you're seeing this i try it's almost like you imagine your partner is like an angel or as god themselves embodied for you being like hey i'm trying to help you reach your potential can you please look at this and so i think this is one of the number one biggest most valuable things because in yoga you, you ultimately they say you know like you need a guru you need a teacher to help you break out of your ego because your ego is incapable of seeing past itself and in a relationship for us we believe that our partner is our greatest teacher and this is this is what it comes back to and i think buddha said this too is like if you really want to be wise like see everyone in your life as buddha see everyone in your life as enlightened and they're trying to teach you something well nowhere is that more profound than in a relationship committed relationship 
So I think one of the biggest things of why we've been able to be so successful at staying together, you know, we're, we're past 10 years now, we've been married, we've been building all this life together, we've been healing together, doing all this work together. And I think that's one of the number one things that it always comes back to is trusting that if we're trying to point something out to each other, it's for our benefit. And one of the number one things I see with couples who do not have yoga as a foundation, they actually think their partner is attacking them and fighting with them and being a piece of shit and they get mad and then they break up because they're like, fuck you, fuck your ego. Well, fuck your ego. You know, like basically their egos are fighting each other and their egos attack each other and they don't see the divine blessing that each other are trying to be for each other and then they get competitive and then they push each other away. And I think with you and I is even if we do fall into our, our egos and get triggered and ruffle our feathers for a minute, the ultimate full circle is we always eventually say, all right, if you are trying to point something out to me that's making me uncomfortable, it's for my benefit and I need to be humble and learn from that and try to listen so that I can be blessed by whatever you're trying to give to me. And I think that's a huge, huge foundation that we take for granted, like 100%, because every other couple I've counseled, like there's, it's that, that's usually the missing piece. If they have a spiritual foundation where they see each other as like trying to give them a spiritual up, upliftment and a spiritual evolution opportunity, they usually will get through it. If they see it as like, you're just a pain in my ass, probably not going to happen because they they're missing the divine part. They're missing this, the like spiritual connection that the two of you have that is like actually really profound. The fact that you share a life with someone's really profound and yet people totally overlook that and act like it's not a big deal. Like you're just some random swipe left or swipe right. It's like, whoa, dude, this is another human being with a massive spiritual karma and an eternal story. Like show some respect, like, <laughs> like this person's in your life for a reason, like be humble and learn from that. I think that has always floored me and brought me back to like, listening and making things work and self-reflecting and working through things i got all teary-eyed listening to that it's so sacred it, it's totally. so special in our relationship and what we have and what we have made the foundation of our relationship is so special now i'm gonna get all teary-eyed and crying and that that's why we go by the yoga couple because yeah. for us this is the foundation of our relationship we're yeah. a couple on the path of yoga, spiritual companions. Yep. Like we're on this path and journey together. We hold each other accountable. We can trust each other that this person is, like you just said, looking out for our best spiritual interests, yeah. for our soul. Yeah, like, I. that's a good way to put it. Like I would never think that anything you're trying to genuinely advise me on like would i ever have a suspicion yeah what the f like never <laughs> right like when like you put I'm it gonna that way lead you away never. from you're you never know, gonna the lead truth. me astray i'm gonna lead never. you to some egotistical no. self-righteous no. life no. i never have to worry about or that. i'm gonna have you do something shady no. or like yeah. you know compromise your character do you in feel some the way? same way about me if yeah. i give you okay no i know that 100 like of course we're just trying to help each other when you counsel me and you are also calling me out. I know 100% you have my best spiritual interests in mind. That you love me. Totally. That you you always are telling the truth. Ooh. That's what it is. Yeah. We're trying to help each other see a truth about ourselves. Yeah. It's, you would never lie to me. That's truthfulness is so important. It's like the sacred bond that what you're telling me will always be the truth. That's a sacred bond. Right. So I think that that's what being the yoga couple is for us. And yeah, and being able to look at those things together. So as you can tell, this has very little <laughs> to do with physical fitness and asana, right? Asana, yoga poses is asana. If you're yeah. like, why are they saying this why word asana? asana? So, uh, but we do want to give you a little history of that. And then also we want to help you think about like, ways you can start practicing yoga and we have so much more for this episode but just to get through the basics of like what is yoga what's the point of it and like how do you practice and what does that look like is that yoga asana can be a practice and a tool within the yoga tradition but not everybody who does yoga asanas is a yogi mm -hmm. 
somebody could just be doing yoga asanas as a fitness class and stretching and they're just maybe they're doing yoga like the poses but they're not yogis in consciousness like what we're describing of this is my spiritual path i'm Mm -hmm. committed to a Mm self-reflective lifestyle i'm committed to truth i'm committed to being in higher consciousness as much as humanly possible being connected to god seeing basically your whole life as a simulation and experiment experience for your growth everything is a lesson as a yogi here's a way to put it how you can live a yogi lifestyle every day and this is why we say in the inner work it's a self-reflective lifestyle is that there is nothing in your life that is meaningless everything is meaningful everything Mm -hmm. is a lesson everything is the divine talking to you every single person is teaching you something every single thing you go through it's like what is this teaching me what is this inviting me to do what skill or quality or character you know character flaw do i need to look at and what character quality do i need to step into and also what character qualities am i exhibiting that are awesome and i need to just keep doing because this also this doesn't always like work related it's also like you're doing fucking awesome at this thing like keep doing that that was really good yeah and and, and there's all the beautiful sides of this too and am i taking more from this world than i'm am contributing I to it it's like yeah. how am i being of service a yogi is of service the whole path of yoga is karma yoga of being of service it's 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 being in every aspect of your life accountable gracious self-reflective and serving humanity and serving people, serving nature, serving the plants and animals, serving the ecosystem, serving your partners. Everything is God, right? Like everything is an animation mm-hmm, of God. Mm-hmm. So it's like this, like, I live with devotion. Am mm-hmm. I, am I mm-hmm. being in devotion? So this is obviously a whole lifestyle choice that when we say we're the yoga couple for us because we've chosen to live this way and it is that serious for us Mm -hmm. sincere sincere yeah i think that's a better word sincere and it really is our foundation of our entire life as individuals before we even met and then now as a companionship and married couple and like this is our life this is how we live this is how we make our home this is how we make decisions together this is how we try to speak to each other this is how we work through and process everything like yogis. Like we have this joke now. It's always like, do it like a yogi. Do it like a yogi. <laughs> do your taxes like a yogi. Do your business like a yogi. Do your marriage like a yogi. Yeah. And yeah. that this is the way we live. And so for us, the yoga couple is the most obvious name in the world. But we understand, you know, this is not what the world sees yoga as. So it comes off as confusing and they're like, yeah. what the hell? <laughs> now, and, and real quick back to this, the story of, of why the poses. The original implementation of the poses were, first of all, for meditation. <laughs> so the original, I mean, I think the original uh, asana poses, there was just like three of them. Um, and they were just different ways to sit for meditation. Yeah. And so the irony is the one, one of the biggest teachers of the poses as far as doing yoga poses and being a yogi is that I would say two things jump out right away is they're supposed to to. Um, keep the body healthy enough to sit for meditation and then the second thing is they're simulators to make you uncomfortable and have to work through all the random stuff all your programs that come up in your mind like your ego's resistance so there's nothing like coming face to face with with your ego than when you're in an extremely uncomfortable yoga pose and it's telling you come on man like just stop this this is dumb get out of this pose this is dumb. how long is the teacher going to keep us in this pose this is dumb let's not do this that's your ego so the poses are can be used as simulators to see your mind and that's supposed to be a greater vehicle for self-awareness but when you just do the poses without awareness of what you're thinking and what you're feeling that's just fitness at that point but when you do the poses and when you do anything in life this is why tantra yoga is you can see how you can technically apply this to anything when you bring self-awareness to any discomfort you're in and you're coming face to face with an ego tendency that is being a yogi you're doing you're you're greater you're greater um you're adding greater awareness to your life and usually using that to heal or transcend something too and that's what the inner work's all about is using these moments to realize something about yourself so that you can let it go so you can heal it you can move through it and on another layer of that is also somatic 
movement and so if you go back out of your body yeah if you go back in yoga tradition like this whole thing with somatics and you know you need to get into your body to somatic healing is healing through the body so Mm -hmm. you could go to talk therapy and talk about the same problem over and over again for a decade or you can do somatic healing where you process the thing that happened and the emotion through your body through body movement and it Mm -hmm. actually gets it out and so somatics is this like new thing but if you like go back in yoga history this was always there they understood that your organs are holding emotions and that your body is storing energy and there are energy blockages in your chakra centers and And, in your naughty system and your muscle tensions and tightnesses and injuries are all connected, connected to your energy yeah. to your energy and your emotion and your body is just a symptom of your consciousness yep. and so yoga poses kind of then also evolved into more of like a practice of purification and so you're practicing you're you're moving your body a lot of these poses also you know the poses have to do with the naughty system. So the energy channels in your body, you're twisting, you're contracting, you're breathing as you're doing these poses, and they are helping to release energy, move mm-hmm. energy, get those mm-hmm. rivers of energy flowing again. Mm-hmm. And they also correlate a lot with uh, sacred geometry and sound, and you're essentially kind of have you ever seen those if you all can just imagine like those mandala shapes that people have like mm-hmm. posters of and stuff uh, all of that is yoga and this is sacred geometry and those are the physical representation of the bg the sound seeds um a sound uh mm-hmm. the, you know a sanskrit mantra maybe the vibration the vibration and so when we're doing yoga poses sometimes the either the pose itself is a recreation of that sacred Mm -hmm. geometry Mm -hmm. and so you're putting yourself in that frequency of the yantra of the mantra of the sound seed of the frequency or you're doing some sort of breath work or mantra while you're in the pose and generating that sound or vibration into a spot so it can go so deep into these layers Mm -hmm. of healing and in our school by the way which we probably should mention in this episode is that we have a yoga school a lot of you guys don't know this because we're so bad at talking about it, just like we are talking about being the yoga just couple. Taking things for granted. Oops. We have a school. It's like a big part of our yeah. life. And Huge. we'll talk more about that, I think, later in this episode or as we continue. But in the school, we teach inner work of yoga. It's mm-hmm. like how to heal from the inside out and how to show up to yoga in this way in this way of mm-hmm. it being a lifestyle choice of self-reflective nature which you guys already understand with the inner work but then also if we're going to actually do the tools and the practice how do we practice in this way where it's not just yoga for fitness but it's yoga for spiritual purposes it's yoga for healing it's yoga for um, connecting mind body and spirit it's yoga for healing these unhealed wounds and traumas and moving somatically and it's just a different way of practice and so I think it's important. Let's talk about what does yoga practice look like and what could that mean for somebody? Because mm-hmm. again, people might think like, oh, yoga looks like me doing vinyasa flows or hot Bikram yoga classes or, you know, going to an ashram in India or mm-hmm. being a monk in a cave. Like what is, mm-hmm. what can yoga practice look like? Yeah what are all the different ways and then we'll maybe talk about i think we should talk about let's start with like what is it for us yeah real quick too before we move on um on the topic of somatics i was just having a a memory of one of the most common experiences in yoga classes is people moving into certain postures and they start crying and they don't know why like that's a perfect example of somatic healing and maybe that's happened to you uh listening maybe you've had that experience before but that is a perfect example of this concept of there's emotion and there's experiences trapped in the body. And then when you start stretching and releasing and moving them, all of a sudden they come out and they're finally there and they're acknowledged and they're understood and you can process them and heal them. But when they get repressed for so many years, we forget that they're there, but they're actually like the reason why your hip is so tight. And that's what creates <laughs> disease. Like if you're yes, having disease, starts, yes. from a yogic perspective, the disease has a emotional root has a mental root has a trauma associated with it and the disease Mm -hmm. is only Mm -hmm. developing as a last case scenario so in the yoga teacher training at sacredyogainstitute.com we talk about the koshas and the different layers of your body and your 
on a Maya Kosha, your physical body is your final layer. It's like yeah. the outer layer. And so if you're having a symptom externally in your body, this has roots way, way deep back in your emotions, in your in your thoughts and in your consciousness. And so that's why inner work is so important because mm -hmm. you need to get to the root. You need to understand like, oh, yep. what is, you know, my um liver connected to or what is my heart connected to not mm -hmm. physically but emotionally like and spiritually yeah. and spiritually and you know why am i having pain in my knee or mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. shoulder in my back and it's like oh this yeah. isn't just like random there's an yeah. emotional stored thing happening here yeah. and if i talk about that it all makes sense like yes oh i'm carrying the weight of the world from yes, this past yes, thing yes, yeah yes totally Okay, so back to the question. Um, so you asked, yeah, all the different paths of yoga. Okay, so what's just, our practice look like? Yeah, okay, we'll start with that. So um, yes, you have the physical pose. We kind of talked about this somatic healing, keeping the energy moving, um, and and also allowing you presence. Right. One of the other big things with doing um, asana, doing poses, and even fitness and working out, you can even make your workout and fitness yoga <laughs> in the sense of are you bringing greater self-awareness to your body to your emotions to your energy um so first it's that you know with our health that's how we are towards our health we view our health as communication our bodies are communicating something from the divine to us um nothing to us is an accident or um meaningless i wanted to say as you're talking about our health is like your health is yoga like everything is yoga everything is and yoga. i think a better way to put this is yoga is being optimal yeah <laughs> and so, so it's like yeah it's your potential yeah it's like being a jedi it's yeah, like totally. is my body in optimal health is my mind in optimal yep. health is my emotions in optimal health is my communication in optimal it's my health? intuition yeah my intuition in optimal. Yes. it's like you're you're becoming siddha like yeah, you are jedi, jedi. Yeah. you are you are optimal on a higher level of the human and every experience. aspect and you're maxing out and you're taking care of yeah. these things on with with supreme awareness and care yeah and, and so it, health is a big part of being a yogi yeah and it brings a lot of happiness and freedom so okay so here's a great way to keep building off that practically speaking is our practice is if we don't feel totally free and happy and optimal in every moment we will i try to look for what has dropped us because we're like some that is something that is not the truth we have fallen into an old in yoga terms samskara fallen into a generational trauma pattern a wound something that is throwing us off and we need to work through that so um this could be i think for us our practices is, is really that that right there it's having a self um a, a self-reflective lifestyle where if you're in a in a off mood, you don't just be like, I don't know, whatever, and you just move on. Or if you're not feeling great, you don't just like move on and just be like, whatever, it's just whatever, dude. I just, you know, I stubbed my toe today. And like, no, you did that for a reason. Like there's something deeper going on there. Um, and same with like emotional moods, coming back to what we were saying is when we're not in a place of presence and peace, now this doesn't mean literally you're, tripping out feeling perfect all the time it just means you're completely present with what's going on and you understand what it is because sometimes our spiritual lesson is to rest sometimes our spiritual lesson is to have balance sometimes we do work too hard and the communication we're getting from life is like yo slow down go outside smell the roses good way to put it is that we are constantly self-aware yeah. of our energy Yes. what we need yes. what we're feeling yes. our thought pattern yes. we are observing our own thought patterns mm -hmm. we're very communicative like my mind is saying these thoughts yeah i'm feeling a b and c yeah we're very i think like being a, a self-aware person uh, yeah. living that way is one of the primary ways we live our yoga yeah it's kind of like we say in inner work um it's a contemplative lifestyle where where everything is up for observation now this could sound very annoying to somebody like oh sure, man sure. so much effort but here's the thing with yoga is um yoga is a lot of effort tons it's a hundred this is part of yoga practice and yoga sutras it's 100 percent effort and then 100 
percent unattachment or surrender to the result or the outcome. Yeah, so it's yeah. like, yeah, being a yogi is being a hundred percent striving to be your potential involved yep. with your full presence to your full capacity as much as you, it's yep. giving your all like yep. in everything you do yep. and then letting go of what happens with that like the yeah. result or the outcome or how it goes or the circumstances the circumstance like like one of our classic lines is like i showed up it's all i can do i showed up i i put my best this is a perfect embodiment um using more like western cliche statement of like did you show up did you try and that's a perfect example of i showed up i gave it my absolute best but like my circumstances that day the outcome all that i have to surrender and say i don't have control over everything though so all i can do is just put forth my best effort and surrender the rest so if you're a perfectionist and you're worried oh no i can't yeah. be a hundred percent effort type person because that's unhealthy and unbalanced this is why in yoga it is a it's balanced it's a hundred percent effort and a hundred percent surrender a hundred percent unattachment for that perfectionist mind that's like i need to be perfect it's like you don't need to be perfect yeah you just need to be your best and it's like if your best is shit that this was your, your best, best that day <laughs> so <laughs> it's okay but like it's just this mentality yeah. of being in integrity living wherever in integrity. you are yeah but on a pr more practical note like here are some yeah. practices i think we should talk about like yes the self-awareness yeah. and i think the inner work is i think a lot of you get that because we talk so much about the inner work mm -hmm. it makes sense it's almost like people are like why aren't you the inner work couple mm -hmm. it's like yes but also yeah. uh, inner work is just a piece of yoga and yoga is a whole system that's even bigger than just inner work and self-awareness. Okay, so let me add one other massive um, like philosophical foundation that drives like all our behaviors. My biggest life lesson from yoga was it's the ability to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Um, this has been one of the most profound teachings that has helped me because I think in a lot of other religious um, backgrounds that I was studying and was raised in, I really got lost in a perception of life is supposed to be about comfort and getting to a heaven type environment where everything is comfortable. And I think my journey with yoga has really profoundly like changed my destiny and my understanding of what it means to be an empowered godly like wise person is actually it's not to create some sort of like eden like comfortable state true power and true freedom is actually the ability to be in any discomfort technically and be okay and that is like my practice because i was going to say when you were talking about effort and surrender then you have people like me who who swung hard because being raised with the classic millennials of those of us who had parents that complained about work and effort we swing hard in the non-attachment part and go fuck it like let's just have a good time and be present man like you guys are all working too hard like yeah. you guys are missing the point we need to be present and we found be here now and we found yeah. ram das and we found law of attraction yeah. and then we found so i thought i was fighting a shortcut yeah. i was like look i'm figuring it out the real truth is surrender bro you guys are trying too hard and yoga showed me no man it's both and yeah. so for me i had to put in the effort but then when i started putting in the effort i came across this massive paradigm problem that i was having because discomfort was seen as the enemy for me and so one of the huge foundations of my lifestyle a yoga lifestyle for me and the practice for me is putting myself in situations where i'm uncomfortable and working through that and moving forward anyway because I think I had a huge paradigm where I'll wait to feel confident and comfortable about something and then I'll do it. And then I don't really do much. But what I really learned was, no, dude, it's okay. You're terrified or you're uncomfortable or you're, you're anxious right now, but you're going to do it anyway. And when I started doing that, my self-esteem went through the freaking roof because yoga finally gave me the, this depth of teaching of like, this is what it's really all about. If you really want to reach your potential and be Jiva Mukti, be truly free and f forever happy, you actually have to embrace all that your ego is terrified of, which is being uncomfortable. Like that's the pain, man. Uh, discomfort, being feeling awkward, feeling insecure. Like I had to face all that shit. 
So I think that for me, the biggest practice on just the day in day out level, I just wanted to make sure and say this was making peace with discomfort. And especially like in a relationship, being able to have uncomfortable conversations, being able to handle confrontation, massive ones that most people won't do. They won't do because their ego is like, oh, don't do that. Don't you gotta do that. fight like a yogi. Yeah, man. You gotta fight like a yogi. You gotta have conversations like a yogi. Yeah, Arjuna um, and Krishna. Okay, so so that, I just want to make sure and say that one. So, okay, hit it. What, what practical ones do you have in mind? What do you think? Yeah, so another thing that I think is a big part of our practice is jnana yoga, which is spiritual study. So, mm. you know, studying all the sacred texts, I think have a big influence in our life and in our practice. Spent like so many years. If yeah. you're brand new to yoga, I highly recommend you start diving into the literature of yoga. You yeah. can start reading Bhagavad Gita. You can read Autobiography mm -hmm. of a Yogi. Mm -hmm. Upanishads. The Upanishads or the Yoga Sutras. Sutras, yep. uh, You can just start getting your feet wet <laughs> yep, yep. and just dipping your toe in a little bit of the essence of yoga, I guess. It's like it all comes together because the yoga tradition doesn't have like a singular text that is, mm -hmm. this is the book of yoga. Yeah, so I it's love not like it. that. Yeah. It's like there's... And they're all different. They're all different they're paths all different. too. Like I know the Gospel of Ramakrishna was a really big one mm -hmm, for you. Mm -hmm. um, I think all that's also had a big influence on on me as well. Yeah. Um, for me, Paramahansa Yogananda's work is my primary yeah, me too. influence. Yeah. He's influence. I did all the lessons from the mm -hmm. Self Realization Fellowship. They you can sign up. You can go to Self Realization Fellowship, and I don't know. I think it's like a hundred dollars. And you can pay to get weekly lessons or not weekly, maybe they're monthly. I don't remember, but they get sent to you and you can learn Kriya Yoga. And so those lessons, there's like eight months or nine months of lessons. I think it is every week or two weeks. Mm. And uh, that had a big influ influence and big impact. All of his books have. Um, his uh, translation of the Bible, the, the Yoga mm -hmm. of Jesus, and then his is it second coming of Christ? Is that what is Yeah, it? I think it is that. And uh, then it's like a translation of the New Testament. Yeah, and then he also has a, a Bhagavad Gita mm -hmm. uh, translation. Everything Paramahansa Yogananda has been a huge yeah. influence on yeah. on me. So so what's that what that's making me think of is a good clarification is all these different paths, and we'll keep saying a few other ones. As I start to think of other paths of yoga the goal is you whatever path leads you closer to staying connected to the divine so for some of us like reading these scriptures we feel really connected to god someone else might be but like someone else might be shit. like dude this shit i'm not reading this dude <laughs> so, like what? this is weird i'm not really feeling god at all i'm not yeah. connected <laughs> they don't like it but watch this like i think of my dad on this one then there's like karma yoga which is like acts of service and being of community service this is like my parents jam man they're all about and i grew up with this like i do think nothing makes me feel connected more to god than being of service yeah like you said earlier so the way so you can be so community service is karma yoga and the, that's yeah, the way you can be a service doesn't even have to be like a community yeah, sure, project sure. It, it's a mentality yes yes of when you do you know you get that urge and I feel like as Tantra yogis, we do all of them. Like sure. Tantra is like, you don't just pick one. We're like, we do all of the paths Because Tantra is all about <laughs> the like, incorporation of all of it. It's yeah. the web. Tantra means web. Yeah, it's web. So it's like a spider web of all these different, you know, paths all mm -hmm. woven together. Um, but karma yoga could be like, when you get somebody asks you to do a favor, mm -hmm. you get irritated like, oh, you know, it's yeah. like, or your partner asks you to do something. Yeah. Can you take out the trash, honey? karma yogi <laughs> is like of course because this is you my opportunity to be of service yeah. uh, my opportunity to be a yogi let me be of service and, and but here's the point right it's because if you by turning this into a spiritual devotion you see it as you are in service to the divine yep. so this comes back to this yoga is really the union with the divine so the most profound level of that is you see your entire life as a communication with the divine and so service and seeing that service as an expression of the divine 
Um, well, and, uh, and that whole thing of seeing everything as the divine in and of itself is a path of yoga called mm, bhakti. Mm, and so that's what I was just going to say. <laughs> and then there's bhakti, which is to see everything in, in with devotion and to see. You can and, see we do all of them. Yeah. And this is to see things like um, things like singing and worship music. That's all bhakti yoga. Mm -hmm. It's it's worshiping and really drawing your love. awareness to the love of God and seeing the beauty all around you. So Ram Das, you know, all these like Neem Karole Baba, that whole path is all love. That whole yeah. path is all devotion. So that's why that whole path is like grace of the guru and everything is about love. And yeah. maybe the approach that we have is a little bit different. We're talking about like discipline and effort and non-attachment. Like in bhakti yoga, like not so much. Like you're not going to hear They're about any of that. Like, the path is just love. Let's just sing and praise. Let's yeah. just love. And it's also just love people. Like, yeah. and there's karma in just there. Love, like, like be of love. service, love. It's all about just love, love, love. It's, it's the path of the heart. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, you've got jnana yoga is like the path of the mind yeah, or like, like Vedanta is like through the mind, like non-attachment, transcendence. Yeah. So you got all these different ways, right? But mm -hmm. on a more practical level, like if you're somebody who's like, yeah, I think of like meditation and I think of yoga asana and I think of like these kinds of things, those are just tools. Yeah. Like they're just, they're practices and tools. And so you got Hatha yoga, which is the physical, it is the poses. Um, you got Raja yoga, which is meditation, literally meditation. The whole path is just meditation yep. and philosophy. And transcendence of your ego and your body and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and then you've got Kundalini, which is purification and doing Kriyas and, you know, clearing out like Through the, the, energy body. the energy body and the naughty mm -hmm. system. And then you have Tantra, which says, we love all of this. Let's do all of it. <laughs> do all of it all the time and just live it all day. It's like we're, you know, Tantra yogis. We're classic Libras over here. Just max, we can't pick one. We're going to just do all Let's of do them. All of them. Um, no, but Tantra has a very specific, you know, philosophy to sure. it. And it has its own set of texts. And it had, you know, t Tantra, I feel like was a response to a more dogmatic approach to yoga, which was yeah. like, like very Brahmic, like yeah. um, you have to do like Surrender these rituals. Surrender everything, leave your family. Now do these rituals, cut your hair this way. It's a huge, it's the oldest spiritual tradition, I think in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think Tantra was like, you know, basically um, they're like the rebels, I guess, in a sense. They yeah. were like, well, screw all the rules and screw all the like. Shouldn't God just be here now? It's just, it's everything Isn't is it God. Everything? everything is yoga. And so yeah. anyways, there's this, it's, anything that's like mantra, yantra, the chakra system, the yoga poses, embracing your body, embracing your life, letting embracing yourself sexuality. have sexuality, letting yourself have a partner. Yeah. Yoga is available to a normal person. You don't have to go be in the monastery. All that's all tantra. Yep. So... Um, that's the path that we follow, but um, I guess we should maybe, yeah, so I, we wanted to basically address, <laughs> yeah, this is like a, our, this is our heart, like we're really into this and we don't talk about this stuff so much, I feel like, like on our social media because what people are really need help with is just like everyday things, like how yeah. to communicate better and you know, yeah. identifying their triggers and we just make everything very practical. But what we're really, really, really passionate about, I think. Is and where it all gets inspired from. It comes from this. This is this is our ultimate goal. But then we obviously have to. This isn't not everybody. Not everyone's into it's it. It's like if you're in the middle of a fight, if you're like still if you're fighting with your partner, like trying to contemplate this I'm is like, kind of irrelevant. Yeah. So it is the foundation, the inspiration of everything, but at the same time a lot of what we They're gonna be like, let's sh meditate share with right the world. Now. Yeah. Like a lot of what we share with the world is trying to be more practical. Um but on a practical level of practices, um, we do have yoga as a tool and practice in our life. We do the asana, we do meditation, we do kundalini yeah. kriyas, we do breath work. I have a hot yoga studio that Matt built for me that I use every single day. Mm -hmm. We go into nature, we go on walks. Yeah. And we eat a certain way. Yeah. We we have a vegetarian we, diet because for us as yogis, that's part of a, the protocol that we follow. Yeah, we keep our bodies really healthy. Yeah. There's a lot of little nuances that I guess we never really like technically give attention to but we're doing it all the time but basically everything that comes from us y'all that you find helpful like on our social media anything that we write the inner workbook everything is inspired by yoga and we give everything back to yoga you look in the beginning of the inner workbook the entire dedication Those are all yoga teachers they're all yoga teachers <laughs> 
and everything comes from yoga and we have just our own interpretation from a very like modern practical way of how we've been able to apply these things in our life that are like not so philosophical and ancient like parable but like more down to earth and that's what we've created is the inner work and now the inner work of yoga in our yoga school yes yes and i think our goal was really to try to merge the east and the west me being in the background of psychology and medicine and trying to take yoga teachings and put it in those terms that we can be a little more usable and practical for us. And I think that's really what the inner work was, a culmination of the East meets West concept and trying to bring yoga healing and the potential of us all living in our true freedom and lasting happiness in a practical Western way backed by truth. Backed by spiritual truth of the East. Yeah. So that brings us to, I guess, our, our day job. (laughs) Because we have a, we have a day job. You guys didn't know. Is this it right now? Yeah, we have it. We have a yoga school (laughs) and uh, we do want to share it with you guys because uh, we'd love if we had more students and called in the souls that are meant to be with us. And want to know more. And want to know more because... Uh, it is what we spend a lot of our time focusing on as our teachers and our training and being in on zoom workshops with them every week Mm -hmm. and giving them Mm -hmm. feedback and Mm -hmm. answering their questions and uh you know coaching and guiding the people who are in our training and Mm -hmm. a lot of people will write us and they say like oh do you guys do like one-on-one coaching and how can i do calls with you and it's like we have a school and our school is that's where people we can talk on a more deeper level is in that program and where we really have the time to get to know someone over the eight month period and having that constant connection and being able to really understand someone's consciousness and where they're at because one of the biggest things in yoga and also just in any inner work is that it totally depends on your your situation and where you are and one person's advice given to a different person at a different stage of their journey could totally be detrimental which is what we're constantly driving home on this podcast is inner work is relative the truth is relative to where someone's at and what they need to work on is relative so in our training we really get the opportunity to get to know all of our students on that in-depth level so that they can really just have incredible transformations which is i would say one of my favorite and the number one feedbacks we get people that graduate they're just like I couldn't even have fathomed what I just like went through, but I am totally transformed and different and they just trip out every single time. Yeah. So I guess let's backtrack from the beginning is what this program is Mm -hmm. and why it might be of interest to you if you're somebody who actually listens to our podcast. Because like if you listen to our podcast regularly, you are 100% the person that this school is for. Sure. Totally. Yeah, this is a 200-hour inner work yoga teacher training, and it is over an eight-month period, and it's very intimate with Matt and I. We get to know our trainees very well over an eight-month period. Most yoga teacher trainings, the longest is like... 30 days. 30 days. And it's so rushed, and it's so rushed and packed, and it's just like... Yeah. Totally different experience. So over eight months, we're working with the teachers in our training to mentor them individually so the reason we have it the way we have it is it's online distance learning and we use zoom Mm -hmm. and we use a a facebook group for our teacher Mm -hmm. training because Mm -hmm. this allows us to give individual feedback to every single person in our training because if it's over eight months over time we can watch your guys's teaching assignments and give you feedback on you teaching meditation you teaching inner work yoga you teaching breath work and we get to watch your videos on our own time in my jammies on the couch or like whatever. <laughs> and I can give feedback and Matt can personally give you feedback because it's right. over eight months long right. versus if you were to come, you know, do an in-person training, you're only with us for a certain amount of days. We do not have and any time to go through 60 different people and give them, you teach an hour long class each and we all give you feedback. No way. Yeah. I remember in, in one of my most recent trainings, it was like, 
I think I taught one pose and I got feedback on that one when pose. When you did that yoga was, teacher training. Yeah, that was my whole training. That was the only feedback I got from the actual teachers. Yeah, and that's why we created this. Everything else was just going through it. Yeah, because yeah. we've been through so many different yoga teacher trainings ourselves. We've also owned two brick and mortar yoga studios in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. We have taught hundreds of yoga classes. I'd say even thousands. We have trained so many teachers throughout the years. We've had yoga teacher trainings mm -hmm. at our studio. We've worked on a, a travel team for a corporate franchise and traveled mm -hmm. around. Training teachers for them. Training teachers for them. Like we've been through this so many times. And yeah. so we basically saw like what's working, what's not working. Mm -hmm. And what we saw, I think what was lacking in yoga teacher training world is it's all fitness. It's all asana. Yes. And even if there is a little bit of philosophy in there, it's such a small yeah, it's part. It's mainly just to give you like history. It's history. <laughs> People were not walking away with no. a transformation of consciousness no. and then feeling qualified to also transform other people's consciousness. No. And when people take our training, the difference is, is they go through an eight month total healing, total transformation, transformation of yeah. consciousness. And yeah. they're working with us very intimately. We yep. get to know them so yep. well. And then by the end of the training, they have already been teaching for eight months straight. We have been giving them yes. individualized feedback and they know how to teach inner work yoga that transforms people's consciousness and heals people from the inside out. You're not just learning asana. You guys are learning kundalini kriyas, breath work, yoga poses, inner work, self-healing, somatic movement, and you're able to take so epic. people on a journey mm -hmm. through their body, through their energy body and their physical body and their emotional body and their consciousness and help them uproot a past trauma or a feeling like an emotion like anger mm -hmm. or grief and actually process that through their body and have freedom and liberation through mm -hmm. the practice of mm -hmm. yoga. That's what our training does that I think is so different from any other training I've ever seen. Yeah, and most importantly too, like one of my biggest um, desires with the training was to give people a total transformational experience because I remember when I thought about doing a yoga training, I was like, yes, I'm finally gonna get to like, have someone to talk about this stuff with and then it was like all asana and physical and I, was like, fuck. I was like super disappointed because i really wanted to have a transformation i wanted to heal i wanted to talk about the real stuff that like i came to yoga for and that's one of my favorite things is that not only do you learn all those skills but you go through an insane like such an epic journey of transformation like that's why i was saying that's my favorite part to watch people I always tell everybody when they come to the training, I'm like, who you are day one to the end is unrecognizable, how everybody glows up, gets like so bright, they change, they heal, they gain confidence, so much like um, like talent and gift they get cultivated over that time, their gifts get cultivated, they find themselves. That stuff to me is just like pff, priceless. I think the other thing that also trips me out that I don't feel like people know we do and that we don't yeah. tell show is that we help people combine what they're already interested in or what they're already an yeah. expert in with inner work and with yoga yeah. to create something totally unique and we help them actually be able to come out of this training and live in their purpose and live in their passion yep. and not just come out of yoga teacher training and be like hey cool i know how to teach yoga poses now what how do I start teaching? How do I get students? Like, mm -hmm. where do I teach? It's like so much more than that. So many yeah. people who have come out of our training have <laughs> blown up on social media, yep. have written books, yep. have started their own workshops and retreat programs. Retreat center even. Retreat yep. centers have one-on-one -on -one coaching programs. And it's yep. because our training equips them to be able to turn their passion into something that actually helps people. Yep. And they also learn how to freaking do it because yeah. we had to learn how to yeah, do it because we had to learn to do it and we share with you everything that we know and we even have a, a month-long workshop that's called the business of yoga where we teach you how to do business like a yogi and this and is how what, to be on social media like is, a yogi yeah and, this and is how what, to go viral like a yogi yeah and this is what ash is really pointing at is there is a massive component of our training that we're also really really proud of that we give you the skills and the um all the things you need to know to be able to make a living and actually have the life you really want to have. And that is, I agree, that is another really special thing that it is fun to see teachers come out of the training, being able to live the life purpose that they really wanted. And so I feel like a lot of people go through this program, they come out of it with already a brand in place. Yeah, usually that's the goal. Yeah. 
And um, that's kind of like how the program works. So it's eight months of that. And then we have our we have a group where you're submitting these videos, a private Facebook group. You're getting feedback from not just us, but from other teachers in the training. Mm-hmm. And then obviously we're talking to you every week on Zoom and it's always conversational. It's like we're all just sitting circle and talking and it's just amazing. Yeah, if you feel called to join us in the training, please, please do. You definitely are the ideal person that we would love to meet and have in the training. If you're loving this podcast, you love these these deeper conversations, that is really uh, the foundation of of everything is is the, the yoga philosophy, the yoga school is really a big part of uh, everything that we do and where so much of our inspiration comes from. So if you love these conversations and you will absolutely love the school that's for sure so sign up for the yoga teacher training um at sacredyogainstitute.com you can apply once you apply uh we'll get an email and your application will get sent to us and it will immediately invite you to book a call and this is so we can answer your questions make sure you're right fit for the program make sure that you're all set and ready to invest yourself into eight months of you know school with us and um, that will send you a booking link and me and matt are on the call so either myself or matt will be on the call to talk to you and get to know you and it's just we're just excited (laughs) all right well we will resume our original inner work series after this but we just wanted to drop in and and talk about the foundation of uh, where so much of our love and inspiration comes from and give give that credit back to to yoga and how much we forget to sometimes talk about and and um, take the time to nuance out so we hope you've enjoyed this and we'll resume our inner work uh, series next podcast until then namaste, namaste.